first of all, welcome to this podcast. I'm here today with uh, Tim Freak. And uh, Tim, I, I consider to be a deep kindred spirit. We've never actually met in person. We've conversed several times through media like this. I'm sure we will meet at some point. But I wanted to talk with him about what we're doing uh, as, as whatever we are, mystical philosophers, uh, spiritual guides, whatever it is that we are and whatever it is that we are doing, I wanted to have a soul searching conversation about what are we doing? Why are we doing it? What is the effect? And I guess that one of the things that I would maybe say as a, as introduction, philosophically, I think your work, Tim and mine are quite well aligned. Again, uh, there are differences of course, but fundamentally very uh, congruent. We both have gathered partially, purposefully, partially, coincidentally, communities of people largely centered online uh, that are inspired by and enthusiastic about what we do and we work with them in various means. So it's not, it's not the life that I thought I was gonna live a long time ago when I was planning my adulthood, but it's the life that happened uh, and it's a good life and I'm, I wouldn't do anything else. I feel blessed and deeply grateful to have the opportunity to do what I love and to have it be uh, valuable to people. And I see you essentially doing your version of the same thing. For me, the whole, it feels like what I want, what I want to, one of the exciting things about the, the evolutionary philosophy I've been playing with is this term, I probably used it with you last time, about the evolution of individuals into individuals. Yes. Mm -hmm. Individuals conscious of unity. So that's a quick hand for me of like, that's the transition I think is, is happening. And that's the one that will happen. Honestly, Jeff, that could happen really quickly or it could take hundreds and hundreds of years. I, who the hell could tell? And so either way, my job stays the same. Um, which is to you know do it myself as best as I'm able and to support other people as well. And part of that is providing the ideas and the practices and all, because I'm spending my whole life doing this every day, all day. Mm. I get the opportunity that other people don't. So there's a narrative that feels like what, what, what I, that's why I've gone down deep and gone, what, this, what we need is a new narrative. And that narrative will come across then in society as well because becoming a individual is a collective thing. It's not, it's not an individual thing. And so the move, the, 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 what it, the problem we've had is no vision of where we're going. I'm speaking for the UK anyway. It's like, sure. We've got, we've got no vision. And, and so there, the, there's not a sense of, yeah, this is it. There's a sense of, mm-hmm. and that no vision, and I'm sure you'll agree with this as well, comes right down to the metaphysical root. It's because we're dominated by a fantastic, you know, by, by something which has supported this fantastic growth of understanding in science, but has left us high and dry with no meaning. And, right. and so we're caught in this dilemma with all of these fractious things from the past coming up to bite us. Hmm. That's beautifully uh, said. And I think a couple of things I would just bounce off of. One is, uh, 
I think part of the freedom that I feel comes directly from the sense of urgency around the, the challenge. Uh, it's not the kind of freedom of like a, a Sunday afternoon at the beach. It's the freedom of, <laughs> we got nothing to lose at this point. <laughs> you know? Okay. Yeah. You know, we've been, we've been at this for, you know, myself 30 years and, and many of the people I work with at least that long, some longer, you know, if it was ever going to come to fruition, now would be a good time. Uh, and, and so there's a kind of, I have, I haven't felt this much, you know, it's inspiration in the sense of all bets are off now. Like nothing, I, there's, not, there's no reason for me to protect any, any part of what I thought was happening because something so dramatically new needs to come about that there's, yeah, it just feels like a lot of freedom. And it feels like in culture, there's a, uh, at least among certain pockets, there's a lot more openness to things that under calmer times, people would be less interested in far out solutions. But all of a sudden under these circumstances, you know, the, the, the more moderate solutions are failing so miserably that there's, uh, there's a certain amount of openness. But the other thing is one of, the, one of the congruences between our work that I really enjoy is there's both a, a what I would generally label as a spiritual component, which has to do with our own inner sensibilities and how we work with those and how we open those, uh, and a philosophical component. Uh, and you and I both work with ideas, both East and West. Uh, and I think we both also recognize that we're in a particular philosophical moment, as you said, one where, where the Scientific philosophical world moment. I, I like that. We're in a philosophical we're, moment. It's so right. We are. We're in one. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's in everything that, that, that is good about the scientific worldview, which you and I definitely agree has been a great boon to humanity, has also left us in, in this, as you said, a, a place. Well, it's the place the, the existentialists saw coming 100 years ago, you know, where there's there's a lot of anguish because the, there's no clear meaning to life, which means it's, di it's difficult to navigate. You've got all this great technology and all this great understanding of, of how to manipulate nature and, and create and build, and that's all wonderful, but there's very little uh, agreed upon navigational tools to get through morally uh, and, and meaningfully through life. So, so what are some of the metaphysical ideas that you've been digging into that you oh. <laughs> oh, we're into quite something then uh, <laughs> so so it's lovely to hear your your that feeling of you know of, i feel very much you know just to round up that i do feel very much like i i get that completely and i guess i always have that mm. and it's a it's intrinsic and has been for 40 years more but also i think actually what's happened is i've got older and maybe that's, you know, just, I'm, I'm just more and more like, yeah, you know, it's like that I can see both sides so clearly. So I see this massive opportunity and then I see the economy in ruins. I see poverty. I see the third world not even being hit yet. I see having struggled in this country just to get people to touch each other for the last 20 years, a world where we can't even go near each other. I just like, these are big losses. Mm. And, I, and so I feel like, oh, there's a, and, and this kind of eruption of anger that's coming and, and 
and and then this opportunity and 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 and, and a feeling of are we ready mm. to step in and to to be able to respond i mean one of the great things has been seeing you know just the how beautiful people have been in this crisis Jeff, I'm not ignoring the philosophy. I really want to come to it. No, but no, just okay. the, the uh, you know, it's like in the UK, I mean, it's been lovely, a real respect, uh, uh, people helping each other. Overwhelmingly, you know, it's shown that this idea that people are intrinsically kind of bad and selfish is nonsense. Mm. That, that, that most people are decent, caring, social people. Yeah. And that's been really, and, and, and the way that we valued um the marginalized you know the, the people who who aren't being paid well the care home workers the dustbin cleaners the you know although suddenly it's like oh my god why the rest of us are going oh we'll stay here and be safe you're going out and keeping us all going and this has been can that go back to normal can after this or will we you know are we entering another decade of austerity where those people will it'll be, be forgotten that's that's why i say about the ambiguity it feels like and mm. and um how how we will yeah how how that how that how that transition will 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 actually will actually play itself out when we when we emerge as we emerge from this now and you know I, i'm reminded you know i wasn't alive then but my my father was my mother was of the you know my father was in the second world war i mean obviously that's a bigger deal than what we've got but nevertheless um and coming out of that was the transition into possibly the greatest achievement in the history of the United Kingdom, which is the, the National Health Service, which is so utterly established in the, it's been the very center of everything for us in this period. Mm -hmm. So that came about as a reaction to that level of turmoil that people were just like, no, we're not going back to that. So the optimist in me wants to go, maybe collectively there's something akin to that where we just go no we're not going back to that old way we have to do it this way so that's what that's that's my optimistic bit yes great i i certainly uh you know the thing about evolutionary optimism is i'm i'm a complete believer uh but that doesn't mean entire species don't also extinguish themselves exactly right <laughs> what's exactly. what's in the best interest of evolution may or may not be in the best interest of of me uh and and yet i feel very free also you know i've i'm kind of ready for whatever's going to come and i'm going to be uh you know I, there's been a part of my whole spiritual pursuit that that was always happening in the recognition that the collapse of world systems and was was in progress not just not just going to happen later but already happening and yeah and, and so there was always this uh, aspect of all the spiritual work that i've done which is to be ready for whatever and yeah and then you know and i and i do believe that in the long run uh something good will come of this i just don't know for whom uh, you know. <laughs> I think, I th yeah, and, and, and how long that run is. is exactly. <laughs> so in the middle of, of all of that, Jeff, I think actually, because I've sensed, you know, that as I've been looking at it, looking at it, I felt like that when I've gone, what do I need to do? Mm. I think, apart from the first initial reaction of I need to speak out against this kind of, this kind of 
the spirituality that I didn't like this kind yeah. of, you know, we're being punished by the mother and all of that stuff um, was really the message I got was wait, was mm. just wait until it's, until it's moved through because it's all premature right now, mm. you know, to know what it is and how it's going to be and what to, um, and so what I find myself doing is I'm working on a lot of, um, uh, I'm on a quite a big book at the moment, but I've gone right down into, I think what's actually happened to me, Jeff, is I, I, I took the opportunity to make a transition I should have made a long time ago, which is to completely dump uh, the idea that the universe exists in consciousness. And uh -huh. it's taken me a long time. I'd known it was wrong I, for myself for quite some time. And I've been trying to cobble it together with, an, with other ideas to so I can hold it. Because most of my books, and I've written a lot of them, are based on that philosophy one way or another. Mm. So it's a big loss, really. So the last thing I did with, my, um, with the ICU, which is my little community of, um, of friends, um, the, was to take my book, Lucid Living, which I think is one of my best books, Mm -hmm. and explain why it was completely wrong. Mm. And I've not done that before. So that was a new experience to, to spend an hour and a half going, right, here's this book. Let me take you through why it's, why it's wrong. And that's, uh, so that's, that's been partly what's been going on for me. Fascinating. So, so this is part of the metaphysical uh, digging in. Yeah. So essentially you're saying you, you're, you're letting go of, of any kind of idealistic, view of reality that it's that this is a conscious that this is a an event in consciousness occurring. yes yes um and which which would uh seem to imply that you're embracing some version of a materialistic view no, <laughs> no i know i said seem to imply, i figured that wasn't true <laughs> so uh yes so so, so i think yeah the, the to escape that you know the, the dichotomy that's existed in Western philosophy for a long time. Yes, exactly. I think that's the, and then my, <clears throat> a couple of books back, <clears throat> I tried to see a, what I would call a paralogical approach of bringing them both together. Just going, look, you can see it this way, you can see it this way. Yes. And they're both kind of complementary. Um, and then from that has come a synthesis, which for me means meant stepping out and being very critical, I think of it. And you know that, you know, for me it was, um, just being able to see the arguments I put forward and realize what was wrong with them. And that's always, I mean, I love it. I spend my whole time, I, love it. I mean, a lot of time pushing my own ideas really hard to see if they'll fall over. And if they don't, I carry on with them. And then occasionally one does. And so, sometimes it's a foundational idea and you kind of push it and it falls over and then everything kind of goes, whoa. Um, but you end up, I, I, I feel I've ended up somewhere, somewhere much, much better for it. Um, mm with a with a view that's um that i prefer so is it possible to explain that okay uh, I'll, it, I'll have a go i'll have a go I, jeff as i saying this i thought you set yourself <laughs> up now tim haven't you? so let me let me just tell you i'm going to try and do it really quick so i don't okay. I, hopefully i won't make a complete mess of it but and it is still developing but i think the key thing for me with the idea of consciousness as the ground uh, which is obviously an idea, which oh, it's an idealist in the West. It's a big part of Eastern spirituality, which is where I got it from, really, although both, but non-dual spirituality and, and it informed everything that I was doing. Um, 
the, the three things really, I think. One was when I look at the evolutionary process, it looks like that consciousness in any meaningful sense of the word is an emergent property of that process. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, it looks like it needs to be understood alongside unconsciousness, um, neither of which is taken in re- pro- well enough for me with most idealist philosophies. And when I look at what I want to put as the ground, my principle is to find the most parsimonious thing. It's like what, what I'm exploring metaphysically is, can we understand everything as one process of emergence, mm. one process of evolution, which includes everything, no involution, no magic coming down, just everything coming from the simplest form into the more emergent moving ever forward. And if I do that and I want to go, what's the simplest thing to start with? The possibility, the, the thing that I, I look around me, I go, well, what's the quality that everything has? And the word that comes to mind is a very old philosophical word, which is being. Mm. Simplest thing is being, but being without form. Right. Which is, so you have a process, and this is again, old philosophical ideas of being in a process of becoming. Mm-hmm. And is much more parsimonious than than consciousness. Let me just pause for a moment and just say that. So, so when I looked at, when I was like freeing myself from it, I then started going, okay, so there's those two reasons. What about the arguments which I've put forward and which I hear put forward all the time? And I can't believe it took me so long to see this, but I was looking at the argument, which is essentially the argument kind of goes, have you ever experienced anything which didn't exist in consciousness? No, consciousness is the ground. Look, everything in your own actual experience, everything exists in consciousness. And from that, you can say everything is a, is a, an idea or a, a sensation, a perception in consciousness. And then we make the assumption that those perceptions are of the outside world. But that's an assumption. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of one way or another, the argument. And, and what was the embarrassing realization was I just thought, that's that's a completely in the question have you ever experienced anything that doesn't exist in consciousness i've given the answer it's not a question it's a statement Mm. because i've invented something called consciousness that it's in is there such a thing called consciousness as a thing that it's in i'm conscious of something but is it a thing which it's in and then i've turned my experience into perception so it's not the world i'm experiencing it's a perception of the world that's a me- these are all metaphysical claims if i pick if, so if i pull away the ideology which i've inserted i'm left with have you ever had a conscious experience which isn't a conscious experience to which the answer is obviously no mm. <laughs> i've added in the theory and then gone Ta-da! <laughs> you've arrived at my point of view and so by going into that and going, that's not right. That is what, what I know in the moment is that there's experience. I'm having an experience, but what that experience of that, it, that it's a perception in consciousness, that's a theory. Right. <laughs> also, I, you know, the theory I'm experiencing the world. That's also a theory. They're all theories, but neither is given. Everyone is an interpretation and the mistake which a lot of the uh, spiritual traditions make is they claim that the that their version is given Right, and I and I don't think it is right. That totally makes so, sense. 
so I've ended up with, hang on, let's go back, let's put being, let's take this, the, the, the formless essence from which, everything. so being is in a process of becoming. Mm-hmm. Um, the other phrase which I use a lot at the moment in my thinking is, so the one is in relationship with itself. That's what this is. This isn't one. This is the one in relationship with itself. That's the key. And that's what the non-dual traditions miss. It's, the, it's relational and everything space time energy everything is relational Mm. and we're relational and one of the and the key to that relationship is subjectivity and objectivity so that you've got you've you've got um evolving systems of information in relationship with each other and that relationship is one of subject and object so everything which has an identity is in a subject subjective relationship with the whole and that subjectivity is it, it and and it's the meeting of the two that's evolving it's not the objective world that's where materialism's wrong and mm, mm-hmm. it's not an objective world that's evolving but neither is it all evolving in something called consciousness which was magically already there mm. it's actually the meeting of the two the, the meeting of the one with itself that's evolving and that subjectivity will turn into and that's a whole other story but that will turn into um, consciousness went to went at a certain level of emergence so that you've got then you've got being becoming conscious rather than a thing already there which is conscious mm. there's a huge amount more to say with that but i'm just going to stop for a second because i've said a no, lot. that's great I, I guess the the question that comes in yeah. to my mind is um what you know, because I'm quite well steeped in Eastern non-dual traditions, as you know, yeah. um, <clears throat> in relationship to uh, ontological claims, I tend to be ontologically agnostic uh, in in the sense that I'm I'm reticent to to make any claims about what's ontologically true. Uh, I, I when I speak about idealism, which I do all the time, because it's it's a philosophy dear to my heart. <clears throat> I usually use it saying, you know, against the materialistic worldview, which is the one we're steeped in culturally. And, yes. then, and then I say, okay, you know, adopt this idealistic stance. Yes. Very similar to your lucid uh, life, right? Yes. I, so I'll have people, you know, imagine this is a dream. And, yes. and then realize that you can't actually prove that it's not. Yeah. And and not and then I, I always have to say, don't adopt the position that it is a dream because you can't prove that it is either. But at least just use it to realize you don't know. Uh, and so I'm always trying to point people to the I don't know uh, openness. Uh, and in relationship to what you were just saying, because this is where my idealistic uh, loyalties get challenged. Yep. Um, What's the nature of being if it's not conscious? Okay. If it's not so, material and it's not conscious, then what is being? Okay. So I would say, first of all, look, for me, what you're pointing to about the not knowing, that's the foundation of everything in terms of sure. everything starts from right, the wow. and, to, and, ret- and returns to it eventually again. Um, and, in, and then I'm looking for always what's the most elegant 
way that I can account for all of my experience and all of the experience which I've come into contact with with other people? How, what's the simplest way I can understand this without sacrificing the actual experience we're having? And um, so what, when I say being, I'm literally going, look, be, I don't think it has any other quality. That's the point. Mm -hmm. The point is, let's take something which simply is. So the grand, and this, there's a kind of a, I don't know, this is a very personal statement, really, I think, Jeff, but there's a kind of a, like a Sartrean nausea, mm -hmm. which can come in on me if I think the universe is any particular way. Uh -huh. Because right. it's like, oh, it's that way, but not any other way. It's kind of like, whoa, I, you know, it's a big mind. Yeah, ooh. <laughs> it's just matter, <laughs> whatever, any of it. But the one that I'm not getting that with, which is interesting for me, just my own psychological patterns, I guess, but is, is going, well, the ground of the universe is the possibility for everything. Mm. It's something that can become everything, anything. Right. right. And something about that just goes, yeah. That's it. It's not a thing that already knows itself. It's going to come to know itself. It's not already conscious. It's not already anything. Mm -hmm. But it's in a process whereby it is exploring itself. It's in relationship with itself by taking on form. That's, that's the whole process of evolution. That's the process of becoming. And it's doing that in ever more emergent ways. And then what we're experiencing is one version of that, I guess, you know, we're, we've got, we've got this one and we can trace it right the way back and we can see it going, going down to more and more primitive forms into very, very kind of mathematical informational forms. And because I'm a emergentist, not a reductionist, mm -hmm. I'm not for one moment going, it's really just this. Right, right. No, no, it's really this. <laughs> But it started with that. And, right. now, and that is still here. We still have being. But mm. now we have being in this incredible organic form and in this incredible transmaterial um, form of the psyche, the imagination. Mm. And, mm. and now we can even now become conscious of the ground. Right. Which is what happens when we're conscious of being conscious. The mm. mistake that I think we make in the spiritual traditions is that because we can be conscious of being conscious we think that's consciousness rather than that's that's the being of everything including what's unconscious and it's not a it's not consciousness because i'm receiving huge amounts of information tiny 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 bit of which i'm conscious of but that thing is the receiver of everything all the unconscious information the conscious information it's much more than just consciousness it's actually something which is it, it is everything it is right. every form of every, everything that is becoming. And so when I put my attention, like you said, in deep meditation, if, you go, if I go back into that formlessness, I'm able to enter this, right into that oceanic presence, which is everything. Mm. And I think that's the point of when we talk about, I talk about being individuals, I think that's the deep aspect of becoming a individual. You go, oh, I'm the being of the universe. And then your relationship with the whole thing is different. And it's not so much, and there's a, what's really interested me is a shift in my experience that's happened. Because if I go into the lucid living thing now, if I see it like a dream, there's like, I'm on the outside, I'm consciousness, I can do it now. I'm the big space of consciousness and this is inside consciousness. And that's interesting. But then if I turn that around and go, now, now let's look at it from the, from the individual point of view, 
suddenly there's this field of being which is everything and I'm inside it and I am it and those two perspectives sit it's a it's a very embodied a very feels I'm, I'm struck by the reality of everything mm. it's no longer ephemeral or like it's like wow you're real I'm real fuck who'd have thought that mm. you know it's like the and I I'm, I'm very interested in that mm. beautiful yeah I was going to ask but you've kind of gone there anyway because with what I'm hearing you say, and from the beginning of the conversation, um, is your, or what I believe you're doing, uh, is creating a narrative. Yeah, absolutely. Right? So you're, you're creating a narrative uh, which will lead to a better result, right? So yeah. the, the, the narrative of the world the narrative that we hold uh, uh, for ourselves personally you know, about reality results in something. Yeah. Uh, and, and what changes when the world changes or when our lives change is the narrative that we're holding. Yeah. And so you're, you're working on a big book, sounds like, uh, in which I assume all of this, a lot of this metaphysics is going to come to its full fruition, uh, a narration of being, uh, which then... Uh, at, at the next level of emergence becomes the narration of the uh, individual to the univisual. Um, yeah, exactly. And, exactly then, that. and then that's the, the narration you want to offer. And then, you know, and like, like me, you offer it to the people who are grabbed by it. Uh, and then they, they'll see the results in their own life. And yes, it's exactly that. And, and the two side, the two things that happen from this that, that I that feel appealing to, to me about taking consciousness and no longer making it the ground. There's quite a bit, actually. One of the things is it put it gets rid of the, the it gets rid of the distance between oneself and the rest of reality, which comes up, especially in materialism. And it also comes up in a lot of spirituality. So one of the reasons that I could get away with going, everything exists. Have you ever experienced anything which doesn't exist in consciousness is because most people have at least picked up from the scientific worldview, things like you're not really experiencing the world. You're experiencing an illusion created by your brain because really the world is quantum particles. Right. And, and you're just creating. And so the emergentist picture comes in and goes, no, it's not really. The world is the whole thing existence is the whole every level of emergence so that you i'm not experiencing something that my my brain is making up i'm experiencing the garden i'm not meeting an imagine i'm meeting you this is actually my body and you're somehow back where you started in the in 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 a quite a common sense view of reality mm. and and the same with the spirituality it's not an illusion it's not a you know it's actually an emergent level of reality and then on and on so that's one thing. And then the other thing is that the, the, the nature of consciousness. So again, I'll, I'll just try and say it really quick, Jeff, because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sure you'll be able to follow me, but I don't want to say, say anything. To, I'll try. Okay. Is it feels like, you know, the great, the great quest, the great, the great thing which materialism fails on is this idea of the hard problem. Okay. If it's all matter, how the hell do you get consciousness at all? Mm. And what you get from idealism is like, well, this, you, you haven't got that problem because you start with consciousness. For me, when I look at the, the so-called hard problem, it's three problems. 
and we blur them all together. And the first problem is actually nothing to do with consciousness, is where does, if it's an objective universe, where does subjectivity come from? It doesn't have to be conscious, but where does subjectivity come from? And what I see with this idea of the one in relationship to itself, so every, everything in the becoming is, the one, is information in relationship, you know, the, the one is taking on qualities from the very simplest beginnings into you know, the material universe, the biology, and it's in relationship with itself. So subjectivity and objectivity is right, though it is, in fact, it's not only, it is only the meeting of them. There's this lovely new word, I don't know who came up with it, of being transjective rather than subjective and objective. Mm. It's, it's where the two meet, that's what reality is, look. It's always that. <laughs> it's always, there is no objective world that's, un that's unobserved by something, even if it's only itself. And so it's that meeting. So subjectivity is re there right from the start. And then once you get to the biological level, what seems to be happening, I think, is that the level of information which is being taken in by early life forms is so immense. And it has an agenda now. You know, it, 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 it needs to survive, it needs to reproduce, it needs to avoid being eaten. It's like life comes with, with priorities. Mm -hmm. And that there's a prioritization that takes place in terms of the information that comes in. So that certain information is now important and the rest, no, not so much. And that prioritization, that focused subjectivity, seems to me to be what consciousness is. Because what I experience right now is focused subjectivity. I'm focused on you. Until I thought about it then, I wasn't conscious of my wife in the house. Now mm. I am. I'm not conscious of behind me. Now I am. It's like I, and then there's this huge sea of unconscious information coming in. And I'm moving my attention around within it. So there's subjectivity of which consciousness is paying attention, really. And then that moves, we'll leave the third part because that's another whole question about the evolution of the psyche, perhaps the most important bit, actually, the imagination and the non-material. But the point I wanted to make when I said it's what I like about it is that once you go, oh, consciousness is paying attention, that's actually what I experience. It enables me then to show the importance of the individual to awakening, mm. which is a big part of what I'm trying to do. So that the individual's no longer in the way. Because what I come across is a whole lot of teachings that go, you experience the non-dual and, and then blah, the individual comes back and get rid of the individual, move on from the individual. I had it just the other day. My, my most powerful spiritual experience I've ever had was, was last year and, and, and everything dissolved. There's just God and no Tim, no thought, nothing, bang, wonderful. And then Tim was back. Mm -hmm. And my feeling is all that happened there was my attention, my conscious, Tim's consciousness, went to a very deep place so fully that I, the rest was unconscious. It was all still there. Right. And, right. It, and so it was the foundation of Tim which allowed that deep experience of no Tim. Absolutely, sure. And, that, and so seeing consciousness in this way allows me to make sense of all of those non-dual experiences without rejecting the individual. And suddenly the, the, the evolving individual is the foundation for waking up to the universal, not the impediment. Mm, that's great. <clears throat> and I guess what I'm, what I'm hearing is, um, you know, in terms of your original recognition that consciousness is not the ground, being is the ground. Yeah. You know, as you explain this, of course, 
what will be key is distinguishing between those two, you know, so it's so that it's not a matter of semantics. Uh, yeah, no, it's a matter of a concept. It's in, <clears throat> and it, right. it really it really is a different concept. That's mm -hmm. key. It's, people often say it's about words or oh, words don't matter. W words don't matter when they're saying when they're referring to the same concept. Right. But the concept really matters because right. what happens with, I don't know what, what you found in your experience, Jeff, but actually, and I've done this again myself, there's all criticism of myself. You start with consciousness at the beginning, but then you kind of, it starts having intentions to do things. And then it's got, or telos, or then it's got uh, other qualities, wisdom, or, and suddenly, basically you've, you've got God at the beginning. Mm. That's what you've actually done. Well, if you're happy with God at the beginning, then you're, you're, you're back with the problem of you haven't explained anything by the magic trick of, of creating something even more mysterious to, to explain the universe. And that doesn't feel like a, it, if there's a way of avoiding doing that. Now, I still want God. I'm very greedy because I experience God. But the, the, for me, it's like, well, God looks like not the least emergent thing that's at the beginning. It looks like the most emergent thing, which is where it's going to. Mm -hmm. So it feels like this is, this is flowering into God. It hasn't come from God. It's coming from the simplest of things. It's flowering into the universe conscious of itself with intentions and wisdom and love and all the things that, that I experience in the, in, the, in the divine. Does that do something I'm trying to play with? Yeah, no, I get that. I definitely, yeah. uh, I definitely, you know, that's, uh, I, of course, there's, there's a lot of, uh, <clears throat> I immediately think of Tehard's Omega. Yeah, and, yeah. And yeah. I guess what I was also thinking just now is I'm having a realization of something I realized before when I talked to you, which is huh. um, in terms of differences between us, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of philosoph, a lot of the ways in which philosophers will work with ideas are um, is being uh, shaped by what they're pushing off of yeah right <clears throat> and and I, I have these moments sometimes where I realize that that you're more pushing off of a sort of spiritual or religious point of view in other words you are in a world and you're seeing the the limitations of that world and you're you're and and because right. I was a, a kind of atheist scientist yeah. before all this began, I tend to push off of the, the, that materialist point of view. I mean, I feel, I feel so much congruence in the way we, in the energy that you're expressing. And I can see how I'm, you know, I'm wanting to move in almost a more spiritual direction in, the, in this sense of the non-dual. Um, partly because I'm pushing off of my own past uh, and, and the limitations of a materialistic viewpoint. Uh, and so I see, yeah, I see, I see just a- I think that's a really insightful, flavor. Jeff, really insightful and exactly right. It's like, I've, I, I did that bit when I was very young. Mm. And then since then for, you know, almost 50 years since I started, I've, I've just been immersed in this and now, you know, I've come out of that with a mixed view of spirituality, to say the least. Right. And, uh, but where I feel it meets is, it feel, is that what I'm looking for is what I've started calling it, not a transrational, because that doesn't quite work for me, but a transscientific, specifically a transscientific spirituality. Mm. That's, it mm. feels like what, so I really, the, the main job in terms of society 
and collectively is to move us away from this closed down scientism right but to do that we need a, a form of spirituality which is an intellectually robust open-hearted obviously and all of those virtues which make spirituality what it is about awakening about you know rooted in one's own experience but also able to embrace and understand the scientific view in such a way that it is more than it Mm. less than it and what i see with most forms of spirituality is that they are less than it they are in terms of their ability to to be uh, to match it with its thought it, it feels like spirituality yes it needs to be the biggest heart that's the center that's the most important but it needs the other two it needs both mm. and that that's the way actually society will change otherwise it will just always stay on a, as a growing but a kind of a um, it won't it can't really engage with just because of the huge just it's been so successful science yeah it's just so i mean look look what we're experiencing right now it's mm -hmm. like it's a big thing so so that's why that's where i feel like i mean it feels like before i can to take that on i need to have developed something which can actually take it on yes beautiful i i see that so i want to finish with one last question um, because I just want to take all of the metaphysics that we just spoke about and the, the ontological ideas and then bring them back to, you know, what we teach people, what we, yeah. how, how this relates to people. And, you know, you at the beginning of the call mentioned that if you were going to encapsulate your work, it would be in terms of going, moving from individuals to individuals. Uh, and, uh, I guess if I were going to encapsulate my work in terms of what I'm uh, espousing for the people that work with me, I like the phrase artists of possibility. Uh, and, Ooh, and I, I like that phrase too. It's a good phrase, right? It's, and the idea is we are trapped. We are, our energy is, is it trapped in a paradigm, uh, in, in, a, in a set of ideas and assumptions about who we are and what's true. And, and I'm always telling people, I'm not trying to get you to leave this set of assumptions and adopt some new set of assumptions, which might be better, but there's some other opportunity that I'm inspired by, which is to give up needing assumptions about reality altogether and just be. Um, not convinced by that, you see. No, no, okay. I, I, I'm not surprised. <laughs> I, just, just, I'm just, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, one of my books that, uh, which I loved was called The Mystery Experience, it's, which is all, I mean, you know, if I used to be caught, people used to introduce me as Mr. Mystery. <laughs> you know? And that was my, that was my introduction. Um, it's just that I'm, I do think it's always both, you know, and that you can't, you know, if you, the place where you can just be, is when you sit in meditation and enter the formless, then sure. you can just be. The minute you come out, you're interacting with a world you must understand in some way. And so if you don't have a conscious understanding of it, you will just have an unconscious one. That's, that's the place I would be with that. It's like you will, you will, you will bring assumptions to your world, try and make sure that you know what they are and they're the best ones you can find. I wouldn't disagree with that, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> uh, but I'm, I'm still wanting to, to uh, I feel like there's a, there's a navigating system that we are steeped in, which has to do with, with 
with using our, with creating models of reality and then navigating through our models. And there's a possibility that, that I'm inspired by, which has to do with a living and flow experience where uh, you are somehow drawn into each moment to, and, and able to give fully. And yes, there are unconscious models and then you'll see them in relationship to your, how you, how you emerge in any given moment, you'll get feedback and the feedback will create a loop that will continually refine uh, the, the, the structures within, within which you are manifesting. But I guess I'm, I'm wanting people to trust the, un, trust the unconscious, trust something beyond what they are consciously able to conceive of in order to manifest new possibilities sort of in yeah, front of you yeah, rather yeah. than think them through behind. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I'm, I, I completely get that, Jeff. I, uh, and, and I really do. So, so, you know, for me, that would be my both and thing. It's like you, you don't have to be in one or the other. You're always in both. So I don't think the mystery ever leaves me, which is why I'm, everything's up for grabs. You know, it's like whatever I've, you know, which is why I can't imagine how irritating it must be to be involved with me because I keep changing. It keeps evolving and moving on as mm. very, very fast now um, because, because of that because I'm going out every day and engaging with it. And it's like, and something new starts to emerge. And, and, and there's also that because I think the more, there is something more emergent than Tim, which the, that transcendent, but imminent spirit of unity of the universe, there's, there's tuning into that as well, which mm. is something which is not like, a, I think I should do this. It's like, it's much bigger than, right. bigger than that. And, and I guess what I see in the, in the people that I work with um, that I feel I can help them with, you know, cause we all have to do what our job is. Yes, indeed. Is yeah. here, right. And so what I see is the people that come to work with me have already, you know, in terms of the experience of the wow, they've already really had that yeah. usually dozens of times, yeah. uh, but they're living in a society that doesn't recognize it. So it's very difficult to, confidently emerge from that uh, yeah. and so the idea of, of artist of possibility is is really just giving people permission to live what they already know and and be less concerned with finding out more you know because people get into that loop where they're always trying to continue to discover and but the wealth of uh deep spiritual realization and experience at least among the people that i see the world needs it so bad. This gets back to that original point of the urgency. You know, these people are full of new possibilities that haven't yet emerged. Uh, and, and sometimes I feel like all they need, you know, and this is the kind of odd position that people like you and I are in. We're sort of in this position of having the kind of authority where we can give permission and that means something. <laughs> if someone could give themselves permission to, to emerge, uh, in their fullest form, but it's helpful sometimes to have an outside permission granting. I love that. Uh, I, he, someone, it, my my son actually said the, the, the family had been talking about some PR thing they'd heard on the radio, and they said, you know, what's your three words that, that says what you do? And I said, um, meaning and connection. And I said, mm. okay, so, and, and what's your mission? And it was very clear to me that it felt like, and this is very harmonious, I think, with what you're saying, Jeff, 
the, the, my mission, if I have it, would well, definitely I have it. It was to, I said, to to, to unleash the goodness in people. Mm. And that feels like a different version of maybe what you're saying with the artist's possibility. It just feels like there is yeah. such goodness in people. Mm-hmm. And if we could just unleash it, it would be so much better. You know, that's where the next movement will come. That's where the right. the, the evolution from individuals to individuals or whatever way you, you, you understand that. Mm. That's going to come from unleashing new possibilities, unleashing greater goodness that's... And, and empowering us as individuals. That's, that's beautiful. It's like, yeah, let's do that.